Hey, it's Callie, and you're listening to the 49th episode of the Hippie Haven podcast. That means that next week is the big 5-0 episode as I celebrate one year on air. If you're new here, I release an episode every Wednesday related to living an ethical and eco-friendly lifestyle. I want to meet you where you're at, so we cover all sorts of topics like how to make less trash, urban gardening, beekeeping, composting, secondhand shopping, starting an eco-business, and much more. My goal is to inspire you to take action, both in your day-to-day routine and on a larger scale of community activism, because I believe that together we will make a difference. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe so you automatically get each new episode right when it comes out. Today's guest is Sharon Karn, creator of Sound Wellness, a holistic modality that uses techniques based on sound and music to bring your body, mind, emotions, and spirit back into harmony to reduce stress, allow natural healing, and prevent illness. In 2020, the World Health Organization estimates that 75% of deaths around the world will be due to chronic illnesses, and stress is a major factor in chronic illnesses. In fact, the World Health Organization declared stress to be the health epidemic of the 21st century. As eco-anxiety, or anxiety around the existing climate crisis and future survival of the human race, as that grows, I want to talk more about ways that we can all reduce a little stress in our day-to-day lives. So Sharon is here to share her tips related to sound healing, based on a program that she originally developed for the Integrated Health Institute at the Mount Royal University in Canada, and has since presented to the Canadian Mental Health Commission, the Alberta Health Region Conference on Chronic Disease Management, the Manitoba Health Region, and the National Health Work and Wellness Conference in Quebec, plus many others. As always, you can find the show notes and transcript for this episode on the website, hippiehavenpodcast.com forward slash 049. I'm wrapping up my California workshop tour with just three more events left. On August 24th, I'm teaching a DIY dishwasher powder workshop at Modern Maker Market in Escondido, California. August 28th, a DIY tooth powder workshop at Earthwell Refill in San Diego. And finally, on September 1st, I will be teaching a DIY face mask workshop at Enconcordia in San Diego, California. So if you're in any of those areas, I really hope to see you there. Be sure to visit the event page on bestowedessentials.com or on our Facebook page to get full details of each event. This episode is brought to you by Bestowed Essentials, which is the zero-waste store that I started over two and a half years ago now. Your support of Bestowed Essentials, whether it's telling your friends about us, leaving a review on our website, sharing our social media pages, or the biggest one, choosing to shop with us for your zero-waste necessities... Those are all a tremendous help for us to be able to offer more more resources to our community, whether that's workshops, bulk refills, this podcast, or any of the other work we do. So thank you for helping us help you. Now for today's episode. So what is sound therapy? Mm, That's a great question, Callie, because sound therapy has a lot of different aspects. There's the more energetic 
portion of sound therapy that is called sound healing that uses a combination of vocal sounds or or different kinds of sounds to affect the energy of a human being. So that is a whole field of, of practice in itself. Then when we get to the field of sound therapy, sound therapy is something that uses more specific tools and more specific kinds of sounds like tuning forks or a computer-generated sounds. So sound therapy it has a little more specificity to it, I guess you could say. And what a history of humans' relationship with sound? Oh my goodness. Human beings have been using sound for tens of thousands of years. And there are several flutes that have been found, bone flutes that have been found in Europe that linguists believe predate our use of language. So in a way, if their theories prove correct, we had music before we could speak to each other with words. It's been around us as long as human beings have been on this planet. Wow. I wonder if they were using music as, as communication. It was just a pleasantry of sorts. Well, certainly in Africa, there's many studies about the language of using the drums. So some of that is still, is those fascinating results from some of those studies in the language of drums is a little more well known to people. Now, what are the proven effects found on the human body? Oh, there's so many. I, it's like the tip of the iceberg, Callie. I can share several. Uh, one of them that few people People know intuitively whenever one of, one of those cars lands beside you at a red light that is booming music so loud you can feel it go through you. You can feel your entire being and the car vibrating. Sound goes through you. And it goes through you faster than it goes through the air. It goes through the fleshy parts, more fluid parts of your body, about four and a half times faster than it goes through the air. And sound travels through your bones about 12 times faster than it goes through the air. So we know that sound goes through you. And as it goes through you, it's a vibrational energy that sets every single atom of your being into a state of vibration. So the sound that is going through you can have a positive effect, like the sound of a, a someone's beautiful voice singing, or the sound of a lovely, beautiful old Tibetan bowl can feel exquisite. The sound of traffic noise creates stress and and. Uh, a lot of sickness, actually, ill health in the body. There's a lot of studies that show the traffic noise is is not a very good sound for human beings to be around. So that's one way that the human being is wired to respond to sound. Another way, if you imagine you're going going into the last time you went grocery shopping or you're shopping in the mall, there's always music playing. Well, it takes about four to five minutes for your heartbeat to try to match the beat of the music. And we have no off switch for that response. It happens whether you're paying any attention to the music or not. So the music playing changes your heartbeat. So here, if you, if you think about that for a minute, a relaxed heartbeat is between about 50 and 70 beats per minute. So if, 
if you're want if you find that you've had a very stressful day and you want to calm down your your whole your whole body one of the ways to calm down is to change either your heartbeat your breathing or your brain waves well music slow music will alter your heartbeat to slow it down and because your heart your breathing and your brain waves are all deeply connected you're also slowing down your breathing and you're slowing down your brain waves so you go into more of a relaxed state now it's been proven in marketing studies that if you play slow music in grocery stores, profits uh, go up by 40%. That's a lot of extra sales for slowing down people's heartbeats. You'll also find if you're on a long drive and you need to be more focused than playing faster music that will speed up your heartbeat a little bit can be helpful for keeping your mind focused. Also, music with higher sounds also helps to stimulate the mind and the brain. So it's a cool way knowing that music affects your heartbeat and by affecting your heartbeat affects your breathing and your brain waves. You can use your own music collection to check the speed of the music and where you want your heartbeat to be. It's a very cool way of using your own music collection to help support your own well-being. So you just mentioned, you know, sound goes through our body and you talked about how the tempo and the pitch can affect your heart rate. How do different frequencies affect the body? Oh, that's a great question, Kelly, because different frequencies and there's still a lot of theories and a lot of research. So I haven't found anything super specific about a lot of different freak, uh, generalizations, I guess I could say, that are effective for everybody. Because we're wired for sound, yes, but we're wired uniquely for sound. So it's hard to come up with a generalization that works for everybody. One of the most important ones I did find in the research, though, and this one is huge to support uh, most people's health and well-being, is the sound of two tuning forks sounded together. The lower sound of this set of tuning forks is, is uh, around a C at 256 hertz. So that's 256 hertz. And the second tuning fork in this pair of tuning forks is more of a G at 384 hertz. So for those writing this down, 384. So those, the sound of this pair of tuning forks has been shown in experiments by John Beaulieu and Dr. George Stefano, a neuroscientist, to stimulate the nitric oxide cycle within the cells. Now, nitric oxide is a chemical, a biological process, a chemical within the body that was studied and discovered, well, I guess three scientists were awarded the Nobel Prize in Medicine for just discovering what this cycle does, part of what this cycle does. It's a natural cycle of health in your cells, and it's involved in almost every chemical, biochemical, biochemical response in your body. It's essential for health and well-being. So there are a lot of medications that will help support this study or this cycle. It's depressed. This cycle, the nitric oxide cycle, is depressed whenever we're feeling stressed or overwhelmed or tired. 
So back to Beaulieu and Stefano, they wanted to find out if a sound will stimulate the cycle naturally. Well, yes, they did. They studied these specific frequencies that create a perfect fifth. It's, again, 256 hertz and 384 hertz. That sound together actually stimulated the cycle completely naturally in less than 30 seconds. Every single time, whether they were pointing the vibrating tips of the forks to cells in a Petri dish, or whether they had placed the forks by the ears of human subjects, it worked every time stimulating the cycle in less than 30 seconds. Powerful tool for health and well-being. Now, what what is the the nitric oxide? How do you say it? Nitric oxide cycle. Nitric, nitric oxide. Nitric oxide is a it's a molecule of one atom of nitrogen and one atom of oxygen, and in the body there and research is ongoing. The last 30, 30 years or so, Callie, research has been deepening into the role of nitric oxide in the body, and much of there, there's if you Google research on nitric oxide, it'll bring up dozens and dozens of scientific studies on the importance of this molecule in metabolic processes. And because it's it, because it's so important, then then there is a great deal of research saying uh, on how to stimulate, I guess, stimulate this cycle in the body. It's, gosh, what isn't it involved in? When you start looking at the research, it's involved in digestion, it's involved in the immune system, it's involved in processes in the brain and the nervous system, it's involved in your muscles. It, it, there's, there, as they continue to research the depth of the involvement of this molecule, it's vast, it's importance to our health. And do they know how or why um, this specific sound of the tuning fork at at those hertz? Do they know how it affects the cycle? Well, what they did is they they played the sound. They pointed the sound towards towards um, towards cells in a petri dish, live cells, and then they had human subjects, and then they measured. They did a test to measure nitric oxide either in the cells or in the human subjects, and I think. There, it's a saliva test, so it's a very simple test, so that they can test how quickly the cycle is stimulated. And nitric oxide is believed the the process of it in the body is called puffing, and it has a, a rise where when the cells puff nitric oxide, there's something that needs to be done in the body, so nitric oxide is produced, and so there's a lot of it all of a sudden. So there, it's like watching a big wave in the ocean. So you have a rise of nitric oxide. It reaches a peak in the blood, and then it starts to fall. And then as another metabolic process is needed, then it rises again. So it has a beautiful rhythm. Almost every process in your body has its own specific rhythm. That's why music is so helpful, because it helps the body remember what the natural rhythm is. But when we've got so much going on in our lives, when we're busy, we're not sleeping well, when we're stressed, that natural rhythm of the release of nitric oxide doesn't happen very well. 
or it's depressed completely. So that means that we don't have that molecule available to help us in all of the metabolic processes. So there's a lot of different health conditions that can happen when that cycle isn't operating normally. So the World Health Organization has come out recently and said that stress is like one of the issues in the 21st century. How can we implement sound therapy in our daily lives to reduce our stress levels? Well, one of them is to take a look at your own music collection. And as you look at your music collection, know a relaxed heartbeat is around, well, between 50 and 70 beats per minute. That's, and you'll see different numbers in different studies. So if you go to the middle, 60 beats per minute, which is one second, will give you uh, a relaxed heartbeat. So here, finding music that is about 60 beats per minute will be really helpful to managing, slowing down your heart. If you've had a stressful day, one of the one of the symptoms of stress is an elevated heartbeat and an elevated blood pressure. So managing your heartbeat is an important aspect of creating more relaxation or reducing the stress in your life. So that's your own music collection. Now, another way that you can use that is so incredibly effective and we actually we all use it every day we just don't realize the effect it's having on us so that is the use of your own voice and i call this the voice of the body your body has a voice that you use all the time and it comes out with sounds like ah or ooh, <laughs> a laugh or a giggle. Those are natural sounds that come from the body. There's also moans and groans. There's sighs is a big one for reducing stress. Whenever you're very, very sad or whenever you're really upset or whenever stress is just too much, your body naturally does. <sighs> you do a big sigh. And what has been found with these natural sounds that come from the body is that they stimulate the release of endorphins from your nervous system that helps to manage pain and to help stimulate the natural healing ability of your body. So what I love to share with people is how to amplify the effects of the release of endorphins. So if we want to reduce stress, let's take a look at a sigh and do what I call a vocalized sigh. What that does is it amplifies the release of endorphins and makes a sigh more effective for reducing stress. So what it sounds like is this. It's a vocalized sigh. And remember, sound goes through you and your own voice moves every atom of your being with every sound that you make. So when you amplify one of the natural sounds that our body does or uses to reduce stress, then it has more effect. Now, are there any types or genres of music that you don't recommend listening to that are, are negative for the body? 
That's a really good question. And, and here too, it depends because we're all wired uniquely. Yes, we're all wired for sound, but we're all wired in our own unique way. So if you grew up listening to big band music or listening to the Beatles, or if you're a heavy metal fan, or if you're a country fan, if that is your favorite music, it, you, it will create a physical response in your body. Studies done from scientists at McGill University over the last 10, 15 years have shown people listening to their favorite music, no matter what the genre is, that it stimulates centers in the brain that helps, again, helps um, helps the the body heal, helps the body manage pain. Uh, it stimulates uh, the oxytocin hormone, which is a bonding hormone, stimulates dopamine, stimulates ox- um, serotonin, and also a number of immune system boosters. So when you're listening to your favorite music, it always makes you feel good. It's your favorite music for a reason. And why you're feeling good is because your body is releasing what I call this neural cocktail of chemicals, endorphins, that helps you feel better. Now, would we be able to use music and sound the way that we can use it to reduce stress in our own bodies? Can we implement that to help our animals, our pets, for instance, um, save suffering from separation anxiety or, you know, with a 4th of July fireworks? Would music help animals? Mm, what a great question. Yes, animals hearing is a lot more sensitive than human hearing, especially in the higher ranges and in the overtones. So we find, um, depending on the animal, that there's a lot of sensitivity, especially to loud noise. So there, uh, there are experiments actually that have been done by Joshua Leeds, and I don't have the website at the moment, but if you Google Joshua Leeds, L-E-E-D-S, he has worked with veterinarians to create music that helps animals to relax. And using the same principles of changing the heartbeat, changing the breathing, and principles of resonance that brings in lower sounds that helps keep the animal calm. There are several musical recordings, actually, that he has created in collaboration with veterinarians to assist dogs and cats and other animals, horses too. Um, So fascinating, fascinating research. Now, for practical fireworks things, finding a place where there is as quiet as possible in the space can help the animal because I know there are many animals also afraid of thunder and will need well will need some help with that too uh, if it's possible to find a quiet place to have some very quiet music playing and quiet music that has a lot of lower sounds and a slower heartbeat can be really helpful so I've heard an idea and I'm wondering what your professional opinion is on it about the electronic devices that we're surrounded with almost almost all the time. It's, it's really hard to escape from any sort of electronic device. And the fact that they emit frequencies that we might not be able to hear, do you think that those unheard frequencies are still affecting our body, even if we, we aren't actually recognizing them with our ears? 
Well, with not delving into the largest amount of research on this aspect, Callie, it's a really important question, and there is a lot of great research on it. In my understanding, my personal understanding, it, even though it's a higher frequency, it still could be labeled a sound and it can go through you. All of these frequencies go through you. And as as frequencies go through you, they move your atoms and molecules. When certain sounds go through you that we can hear, like a Tibetan bowl, like the perfect fifth tuning forks, they move all your atoms and molecules. And then one of the one of the wonderful things they help to do is from this shakeup, uh, with a helpful sound for you, it'll shake up your atoms and molecules, and then it helps the body to reset or restart. It's kind of like the restart function on your computer. When your computer's not working well, you shut the darn thing down, and then you restart it. And then norm usually, it starts working normally. Well, our our body and our being, our being is more than our body. Our energy field is, is also affected by all of this. And the energy field is like a buffer zone. It's, it's created by the electrical activity of all your cells. So it creates this kind of buffer zone that frequency goes through. And as a sound that supports you moves all of this, then when the sound stops, it allows a restart. Your body knows how to be healthy. Your body knows how to stimulate these natural patterns of, of all of the organs, the natural patterns of your brain waves. Your body knows how to do this. So that's part of what is so wonderful about some of these sounds is the shake up and then the restart, which allows the body to reset to its own natural patterns. Now, when that is a constant bombardment, like the constant waves of higher frequencies going through us, um, I can't, that I can't really make a comment on because I'd have to delve more into the research. I do know how sounds that I work with help the body to reset. So, I'm not sure that answers your question. No worries at all. I just figured I'd ask. I've done an episode in the past about how electromagnetic pollution affects the body and animals and the environment. Um, and so I was just curious how these two topics might tie into each other. Um, definitely something to look into more at a future date. Oh, I agree. I never really thought of checking the, 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 well, I guess the connection between electromagnetic frequency and sound frequency. And I guess part of my question would be in that research, are there electromagnetic frequencies that support our health? We're, we're seeing a lot of research of that range of frequencies that is destructive to our health. But is there, is there, frequencies that are supportive. I'm not sure. I'm going to have to look into that. Great question. I love that. Now, tell me, what is your background in sound therapy and how did you get into this field to with? Oh, gosh, that's <laughs> that's been a journey. I fell in love with the classical guitar and music when I was 16 years old. There was a guitar under the Christmas tree and I totally fell in love. So eventually I ended up earning two degrees in music. And so then started my own teaching practice. I had been on faculty at Mount in the, at the conservatory at Mount Royal University for at least 30 years. And then there's this 
this parallel path of a fascination with energy medicine and complementary practices, complementary medicine that complements the traditional medical science that helps things to work better and helps stimulate naturally that helps keep us healthy too. So I was fascinated and started taking a lot of different different courses in energy medicine, but hadn't really connected the dots between music and sound therapy until I had a bunch of nervous adult students who wanted to be able to play the guitar more comfortably. So I ordered every book on stage fright that I could find, and we practiced a number of the exercises in front of live audiences at coffee shops or art gallery openings, things that were low-key kind of performances. And one exercise we found that worked really, really well was to imagine a color while we were performing because it helped to distract that critical part of the mind that gets in the way of of the performance of a piece of music. So we found every single time that somebody in the audience got the color Even in my own performances, if I had a full program that I was playing, I would choose one piece where I would practice the color with. And after one of these, a lady came up to me and she pointed to that piece in the program. She said, Sharon, this piece was lovely. It made me imagine I was sitting by the ocean. The color of the water was so blue. So this was too many synchronicities to to say this isn't coincidence anymore. So I started delving into the research on what is it that makes sound a carrier wave for thought and what else is it a carrier wave for? So as I delved into the research, I ended up traveling to the United States to study with two of the pioneers in sound healing, sound therapy, Jonathan Goldman and Tom Kenyon. And it wasn't long after I returned to my work at the conservatory and my teaching that I received a call from out of the blue from the director of the Integrative Health Institute at the university. And she asked me to create a program to work with a group of volunteers in a study on stress to find out how effective different kinds of sound therapy are with a group of people. And at the end of working with my group of volunteers in that study through the Integrative Health Institute, my, they were so excited on how simple and easy some of these tools were to integrate into their everyday life that I thought, oh my gosh, I have to find a way to get this information out to a larger number of people. So about a month after that, I created Sound Wellness as a way to do that. And that's been evolving like crazy, uh, especially over the last two and three years since I participated in that study years ago. So kind of a circuitous journey, but I believe where I'm right right now is where I can make a powerful impact in people's lives. And what is it that you do now with your organization, Sound Wellness? Well, we've kind of branched it into two different areas for from requests that I've received from some of my speaking, Callie. One of them is to create competency certification for pra- holistic practitioners who want to use sound and music in their practice. So far as I've seen, there isn't really a high-level competency training for practitioners 
in sound healing or uh, in some areas of sound therapy, they are depending on how specific it is in sound healing in particular, there isn't. So we created the first competency level training for holistic practitioners in Canada. So we've been, we've been, we've been teaching that and going through different levels of approval for all of our, our training levels. So that has been created. And also we received a request to create, to create programs similar to what I created for the Integrative Health Institute for work, the workplace to help people at work learn how to use sound and music in ways that will support their health and well-being. Because there's a lot of people challenged a great deal at work in keeping keeping healthy with all of the stresses they're under, depending on the kind of job they have. And for people interested in learning more about sound therapy, where can they go to learn about the work that you're doing to even learn from you directly? We have soundwellness.com. And our programs are on soundwellnessinstitute.com. The workplace programs are at emergentworkforce.ca. And there we have an explanation and a description of all of the programs we've created over the last, this is relatively new, over the last couple of years for assistance in workplace wellness programs. Now, as we wrap up this episode, what is one tip that you have for our listeners to do right now to reduce their stress? Can I share two? Yes, of <laughs> course. Oh, awesome. Thank you. The first one is to become aware of the sound around you, because that sound is going through you and moving all of your molecules. And it, as it moves through you, then it's going to create a response in your body. So become aware of the sound around you. And the second one is the biggest thing you can do to reduce stress is that beautiful vocalized sigh. Use your voice because it'll move your molecules in the way you intend from the inside out. So that beautiful ah stimulates so much of a healthy response in your body. And that's a wrap. I'll be back next week with a special Q&A episode to celebrate my one year on air. If you find value in the Hippie Haven podcast, please share it with someone you know who'd be interested. You can leave a review on iTunes or whichever podcast app you're using. And also consider buying me a virtual cup of coffee to keep me going. Each podcast episode takes around six hours to create, and episodes cost about $50 each out of my own pocket. These costs include file hosting, editing, transcription for people who need or prefer visual content, and my own time of researching, drafting, recording, proofing, and promoting. Visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash Cali, that's C-A-L-L-E-E, to support the work I'm doing with a $4 cup of coffee. Thank you all from the bottom of my heart for spending this time with me, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.